Hey, everyone, we've just finished the Power Up show. And as always, it's been absolutely awesome and exciting. Very sad to hear, though, that we finished our mental toughness segment. So I'm a bit sad about that. But, Paul, what do we talk about today? So, uh, first of all, we had, um, as we often do, we had uh, Gillian Bullock on our LinkedIn Ninja from all of her different events that she's been going to over the last uh, few weeks. Mm. And um, once again, um, some great insight that um, that Gillian shared with us today, particularly around connection requests. And, uh, and, and you, read a really, you read a really interesting Interesting connection I that you got. I read a very interesting connection out, which is worth listening to. And uh, I think even Ginny was a little bit shocked, wasn't she? <laughs> to be fair, yeah. she's seen it all. <laughs> I think no, nobody's seen that connection. So we feel like perhaps duct tape is sitting in the back of his car. Yeah, did we decide that? I think you might have said that live on air. Yeah, that's right, exactly. And then we, we finished off the mental toughness series that we had. And, indeed, and yeah, that yeah. was just informative and amazing. And Paul. And, and I, I got to guess what your score might be. And I got it rather wrong, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think five points is wrong, then yes, you got it yeah, wrong. Yeah, got it wrong. Yes, right, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't want to miss out that. And Leah also gave us some details about the Mental Toughness Conference, the founders coming over. So you want to hear when that is. And as always, a big shout out to Insight Intelligence Group. Um, without a doubt, fraudulent workers' compensation claims, be they white collar or industrial, are evolving on a daily basis. And knowing how to ask enough questions is just not enough. A scientific approach coupled with human intelligence methods, investigative and interviewing techniques and experts in psychologies are needed to successfully complete an investigation. So Inside Intelligence Group, they successfully implement psychology and psychological profiling to aid these investigations, the due diligence process and fraud prevention applications. So if you have got a problem within your organization and you need to get investigators in, definitely get hold of Insight uh, Intelligence Group. But with that, Paul, we're off to the podcast. We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specialising in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive, Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02882-9837. Insightintelligence.com.au and welcome to the Power Up Show with Mia and Paul. It is Thursday, the 22nd of August. I want to say spring is on its way, Paul, but I feel like I'm just, uh, I don't know, cursing us. Well, good evening, Mia. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Power Up Express on a Thursday night. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, I don't think we're quite since hey, spring's here quite yet, but you're getting close there anyway. <laughs> yes. At least it's daylight now when I get to the studio. So, it's uh, daylight well, when I leave in the morning, anyway. yeah. <laughs> uh, So we've got a packed show um, tonight, as always. And uh, first of all, we'll be talking to uh, Gillian Bullock, uh, LinkedIn Ninja. And uh, Mia, what's Gillian got in store for us this evening? Uh, she said she was going to surprise us with it. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see. I think she feels like if we're too prepared, she can't catch us out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I know she likes catching me up all the time anyway. Um, and also tonight we're going to be talking to uh, Zeal Lums um, on basically on mental toughness again. And um, Leah's going to be talking uh, about uh, a summary of some of the things that we, she's been covering with us over the last few weeks. So she's gone through the four C's of mental toughness and she's going to be going around wrapping it all up for us uh, this evening. Mm. So we're looking forward to that as well. And before we go, we shall get uh, Raj from the Bollywood show in just before uh, seven o'clock. Yeah, looking forward to that. And I do want to tell everybody that... 
Paul has uh, selected all the music this week. I take zero responsibility for it. <laughs> yes, until we, um, you probably just change something. Just like no, I will not it. change anything. But it's all so you. All the baby. bad taste tonight is all down to me. Correct. So if you don't like the music, it's all Paul's fault. If you do like the music, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Power Up Show with me, Mira and Paul. Oh no, sorry, I changed your name. There. Sorry, I'll, yeah. I'll just sack you. Um, <laughs> You're listening to the Power Up Show with Mira and Paul on Live ninety point five, and Gillian Bullock, the link. Ninja returns. Gillian, how are you this week? I am very well. Very good, very good. Uh, very good, thank you. Yes, I'm having a few withdrawal symptoms because I guess after seeing so much of you last week, <laughs> um, whether it be in person, on the radio, on LinkedIn, glammed up in your award ceremonies, how I feel like... How good did you look, Gillian? Oh my goodness, you looked so gorgeous last week. Hang on a second, I haven't finished me. Oh, I'm sorry, Podcasts, <laughs> videos, everything. Last 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 week it was basically like, you know... The Gillian G- show? Gillian was, was the life of a world of everything I saw in person, <laughs> on, on LinkedIn, everywhere. So... Uh, so what? What do you? I take you for need a bit of rest after that, haven't you? <laughs> You're kind of right. I was at I was at five different events in three days. Yeah, that's uh, so, that's full on. Uh, yeah. A lot of babysitting. Well, you know, Gillian, when you're the number one LinkedIn trainer in Australasia, I Mm. I feel like you should be at these events, right? Because you've got something to say and we need to be listening. Yeah, with lots of glitter on my face, I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> look, you look bloody marvellous, if I don't mind saying so myself. Thank you, thank you, darling. I don't mind at all if you say that. <laughs> so, Gillian, now you're going to throw us in the deep end. What are we talking to today about LinkedIn? <laughs> all right. I thought it would be a good idea to talk about uh, LinkedIn etiquette, especially around connection requests. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. Yeah, mm. it's something which I've, uh, I've grappled with over the years, but hopefully I've got better. So we'll find okay. out now. All right, so to start it off um, with a bit of a statistic, okay? Now, this statistic does vary depending on the sources. So it's between 80 and 92% that when you get a, uh, sorry, C-level suite people and um, business owners will ignore a connection request without a personalised message. I must be honest, I... We'll look at it if there's no personalised message and mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, I just ignore it. Yes, they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, lot of people do that. A lot of people Because I've no that. idea what they want. They haven't told me. So, mm-hmm. so what's the proper etiquette then? Well, look, it is to, to do a personalised message for sure. But here's the question I want to pose to you two. What is actually deemed as a personal message? <laughs> Mm. And what have and what have you seen through your LinkedIn? Oh, jeez, that's difficult. Well, I can, I, I, do you want to go first? No, you go first, Paul. I'd love to hear with the proper British, the proper uh, British, British politeness. What I am, you're doing? I, I'm not the British ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is one, um, but I'm not. Um, but uh, no, I. Um, to me, I think it's often when I actually say personalised. No, it's usually that I've actually. Uh, met this person uh, at an event uh, or in, in some cases actually I've connected with people that have actually been on the show with us as well mm. and I said yeah. I sent okay. a personalised message to because um, to me I want them to relate in terms of how they know about me where I met them so and because uh, to be honest I 
I don't very often send connections to people that I haven't in some ways had some full connection. Occasionally, though, it might be that somebody suggested I might contact somebody, and so that might be a case of this person. So there's always something to try and link me to that particular person as, rather than cut out the code. But as I'm, far as I'm concerned, yep. there are times when there's no link whatsoever other than looking through their profile and going, hey, I could potentially sell to you in the future. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's in it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you put that in the um, the request. No, I don't say oh, hey. Thank you, Julian. Thank Look, you. Ideally, I would like to say something like, "Dear Julian, I am awesome. You really want to connect with me because I'm absolutely marvelous." But I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to connect with me. So I take well, it. I would just because you're funny <laughs> <laughs> and a bullface liar, right? <laughs> well, I'll find that out later on. Yes. <laughs> um, so I take a bit of a softly, softly approach. Um, okay. But I d- and I don't want to give away what I do because it's actually what you taught me so I think it's possibly you can share with everyone so just before you share what that message is and what you should be doing I grew my LinkedIn network working with you based on what you suggested we say and how we connect with these people from Mm -hmm. 250 connections to close to 3,000 now Uh aha there you go yes Paul there you go so it works well, doesn't it? Correct, correct. So it takes, it takes time, though, but it works well. So talk us through what that etiquette then looks like in terms of how we should be connecting to people. Okay, sure. So there's a couple of things that quite often I come across where people going, yeah, I do personal requests every time. And what they deem as personal is that they've actually typed something. Um, instead of just pushing on the button, right? So you have things like you get messages saying, oh, we have, you know, 42 people in common. (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, so they've personalised the number. It Mm. still doesn't give me any context as to what it is. Correct, and the 42 Um, people are, I have no idea who the 42 people are anyway. Yeah, I don't know who the 42 people are. Or they've picked two of the 42, and it just so happens that there are those two people um, were in the audience when I was at a speaking event and I didn't actually meet them. So I don't know who they are. Um, So that doesn't help, right? The other one is I love to see is um, I see that we have synergies and we could possibly work together. Oh, yes, I get that that one. one. (laughs) That one's come to me a few times, yeah. It it kind of feels slimy, don't you think? Mm. It does rather because, you know, it it, it took me probably three months to realise that Paul and I had synergies and we knew each other ish relatively ish well so for some strange person to read my bar and go we have synergies i'm thinking to myself uh yes you're a serial killer and have duct tape in the back of your car so let's not connect and say we did so let's say not that, connect yes i did you did oh yes we are on there yes that's right together, yeah. <laughs> yeah so those are big no-nos right yep and the worst the worst one is probably universally agreed upon, which is that their personalised message is basically come and buy my stuff. <laughs> so, oh, I've gotten quite a few of those recently where it's a bald, flat-out sale. Yeah. Uh, come here, go there, and I'm like, there's just no way. Ignore, ignore, delete. <laughs> yes, so I, I, I do believe I have a few of those if I went through mine there, actually, a little bit like that as well. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. So, brace yourself for the answer to this, right? You ready? You sitting down? Okay. I'm sitting down. I'm yep, ready. Yep, yep. Anticipating. So, how about if I put it out there that somebody actually reads the person's profile <gasps> and the actually refers to something in there? Or if they want to go to the next level, they actually read some of their content. 
I mean, it sounds so it sounds so simple. Get to know the person, right? Is that what you're suggesting? We get to know the person before we connect with them. Absolutely. I mean, it's personalised because therefore every single person that you reach out to has something different. You've read that they work at XYZ Company. You've seen that they've been there 21 years. Yeah. You know, they, they put out content all the time on one particular or two particular topics. So therefore that's important to them. So mention it. So it would be saying, you know, hey... Jillian, I've been seeing some of the content that you've been putting out there around LinkedIn. I find it quite interesting and powerful. Would love to find out more about it. Would you be open to this connection? Something along those lines? Yeah, but... It was still a bit broad, I feel. Putting that, that I'm putting stuff out there about LinkedIn, you wouldn't need... Like, it's not very personal still. Mm, okay. Because it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course, I'm a LinkedIn trainer. Of course, I'd be putting out stuff with LinkedIn. Whereas if you actually put out there, like we were talking about at the beginning, going, oh, wow, I saw that you, you know, put out that post when you were wearing that makeup all over your face with all the glitter at the awards last week. Would you like me so to I, come round with my duct tape? <laughs> yeah, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it you know, does become more a personal. woman, that would be fine as well. But yeah. do, do you get what I mean? Or the last mm. post that you did about XYZ about to, to yeah, do with okay. So you really are personalising it. You're making it feel like there is a connection. You're showing an interest in what they're suggesting, what, what they're talking about, what they be- believe in, what they've bought into. Uh, yes. And therefore that connection is already emotionally you've connected with them. Yes. And, you know, everybody's got the what's in it for me FM playing all the time mm. in their heads, right? Yep. Not always a live FM, but... I know, it shocks me sometimes that a laugh's not in their head all the time, but I get it. (laughs) I know, bizarre, right? Um, So if you actually acknowledge people about their most favourite subject that they talk about, which is themselves, Mm -hmm. they're not getting a sales vibe from the very beginning. Yeah, okay. And that's something that you taught me, and that's where I've grown my connections, and I've made really strong connections too because you're just then providing value and information and you're connecting on a personal level versus on a sales level, Uh, and it does make a difference. Now, Jillian, before we go off, before we leave, um, Paul's going to read to you a connection that he's got, and on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, oh, my goodness, we want to connect with this person because he is awesome, to 1... Call the police. We have a stalker on our hands. Where would you put this connection? Here we go. Right. It's personalised. It says, hi, Paul. And, uh, and by the way, I haven't accepted this one. Uh, we are some of people we are... Uh, sorry. We are the sum of people we surround ourselves by. I surround myself with highly successful people such as you. Would you like to connect, brother? <laughs> I won't say his name. <laughs> Is that how they ended it, or is it a, a little bit? Oh, there's like, a, there's a, there's a. Which, which, no, P.S. My purpose in life is to is to help men. To help men become the best version of themselves in order to, in capital letters, have it all. Oh God. That that goes in your funny file, isn't it? (laughs) I've been accused of not having empathy, so I'm not going to comment on what my score is, but I'd love to hear what your score is. Well, um, it's not quite a serial killer, but... It's not, so it's not the worst one you've seen, but it's probably, probably up there, is it? Yeah, I'll give give him a half a point for typing that much. He typed my name. (laughs) And he up quite, and it was like, yeah, I reckon one out of ten because he's got my name, and also the fact that it's more than just one, one or just two words. Oh, 
Oh dear. Oh, and and, and he yeah, had the caps. You can have it all. <laughs> yeah. And this person actually, look. Do you see what this person does as a profession? No. They're in your field. He's a cockroach. Oh, no, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's a. <laughs> Gillian, thank you very much for um, reminding us that we need to have a certain amount of etiquette within LinkedIn and it is something we've already spoken about. But mm. to bring some personality into the connections you're making, make sure you're connecting for the right reasons versus the wrong reasons. And of yep. course, make sure you're right, connecting with the right people who could potentially be your customers in the future. So we're not saying don't do that. Just be really polite as if you were meeting them face to face and show an interest in what they do. Exactly. Show interest in what they do. Beautiful. Yep. Thank you very much, Gillian, once again. You're welcome. Thank you, Gillian. You're listening to Power Up Show with Miriam Paul on a live 90.5. And it is currently 25 past six, and we have the amazing mental toughness guru on the call with us, Leah Zalams. How are you, Leah? Oopsie, wait, Leah. Sorry, I forgot to turn you on. Let's try that again. How are you, Leah? I am fantastic. Thank you. How are you, Leah? Uh, Paul with you this evening? I certainly am. Good (laughs) evening, Leah. Leah, it makes me sad because this is going to be our final conversation on the mental toughness model. And it does make me sad because over the last five weeks, I have learned so much. And today what we want to do is take a little bit of time. And I want to thank you because I know you're actually at a conference and a workshop today and you've had to sneak out uh, into a little corner like a naughty little child to have this conversation with us. We appreciate it, though. Yeah, we do. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to take these first few minutes just to do a real recap of where we are. And then when we come back after the break, uh, just to have a conversation over my journey and mental toughness so that, you know, Paul can get involved in this conversation, too, and understand exactly the way he knows me, how my mental toughness assessment went through versus what he perceives me to be, because I think it's a very interesting conversation to be had. Oh, I agree, and I think that um, it certainly uh, it will shed some some new insights and light onto the um, complexity that you are, Mia. Mm, correct, correct. <laughs> the beautiful complexity that you are. Beautiful we are all complex creatures, aren't we, Mia? So let's quickly, for, for our new listeners, welcome to the show. We're glad you've joined us today. Um, but let's quickly just do a recap of what mental toughness is, Leah, uh, a broad overview, and then the four C's very quickly in a nutshell so that our listeners can start to paint a picture again about what this mental toughness looks like. Fantastic. Thank you, Mia. And uh, look, the mental toughness model is a psychology framework that was first developed some 30 years ago by Peter Kloss and um, and a number of other research uh, psychologists and very much in the field of organisational psychology. So the workplace, the sports field, high-performing sports field. So it's very much an application-driven framework to help us understand how we are reacting to what is happening to us, how are we reacting to pressures, stresses and challenges irrespective of our circumstances. Mm. So it's very much how we think about events that happen to us, about the emotional triggers that we feel, as opposed to how we act. And I think that's a really important distinction to make because this also plays into what we're going to uh, look into is how your profile looks and the data that's there as opposed to how you look to the out, how you perform in the outside world. So um, the four C's then are, they are the constructs of confidence, 
and Mm -hmm. challenge and control and commitment. So in each of these has two sub-factors as well. And the reason that these are important, well, these are the four qualities, if you like, or traits that high performers have been shown to demonstrate. And it's interesting, Leah, sorry to interrupt you, but it is interesting because when we think about somebody who achieves, just let's remove the mental toughness model for a moment. Let's look at somebody like, for example, Michael Phelps. We know one of the best swimmers in the world, uh, Olympic, uh, Olympian, gold medalist, uh, the most medals in in an Olympics. And if we look at him, did he have commitments? Of course he had commitment. That was probably the very first part of where he started was the commitment. Did he have the confidence? Well, with the commitment, the confidence started building. Was he up for the challenge? Of course he was. He wasn't going to win all those medals if he didn't want to have that, if he didn't want to take on the challenge. And then the last one is the control. Just bringing all of that together, he would have had to have a certain level of control. So even without looking at the mental toughness frame, the four pillars of mental toughness that you continuously talk about are the underpinning, underpinning pillars of success for anybody. Exactly. And, and, and this is important to note as well that this is, this is going to be of interest to high performers. And I think, Paul, this is where... Uh, your experience in HR can really add value here. Where you are employing for different roles, for instance, not every role is going to require high levels of these elements. I mean, leaders need them, salespeople need them, you know, but but someone, you know, and I would say your executive assistants would absolutely Mm. need to have have Mm. these. But there are other roles where this is not so important. So it's very, it's a very differential kind of, um, I guess, support mechanism to helping us hire, helping us create teams and helping us to develop a, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of thinking that will take us to success. And as business owners in today's world, we absolutely need that. Mm. And the interesting thing that you said there, Leah, is that not everyone in your organisation needs to have uh, a mental toughness um, level of awareness, if we can call it that, because they don't need to be running at that level. But when you're working for a leader who has gone through mental toughness and is aware of the mental toughness uh, model and how to perform under that uh, environment, it starts to flow down, doesn't it, to the people around them that they yeah. automatically start to lift them up and create an environment in which they can operate that is a higher level to which they're used to and they all of a sudden become more and more stable at that level versus coming up and down. Yes, and that's why there is so much preferred investment, if you like, into leadership training for leaders mm-hmm. and the identified high-performing talent. But more and more what we're seeing is a democratisation of leadership as a role, as, as, a, um, as a descriptor. And everybody is expected to step up as a leader mm. when the situation mm. calls for it. So more and more what we're wanting to do is equip all of our employees with, you know, with the confidence to know that what they do matters and that they have what it takes to excel in their role or we wouldn't have put them in that role yeah, very basic a, 101 yeah, right? no, that's, that's a very good point Leah. and I think that's uh, probably I guess uh, for, for many many years I, and probably we've all seen this um, leaders would get appointed based on often 
you know, they might be in the best technician in the in the team, and uh, and they're not necessarily given the right kind of support. But uh, thankfully, there are you know more interventions than there used to be. I'm finding to actually prepare people for leadership roles, and uh, I think yeah. there's still probably and a lot of people out there that haven't quite got the skills they need. Um, but uh, certainly, I think it's things are better than they used to be. And this is where looking at their natural preference around commitment and challenge are two really important areas to see whether that person is someone who is likely to rise to the challenge, to be offered that opportunity. So it's not a be-all and end-all predictor, but it certainly gives you another level of insight other than just watching what they do behaviourally, mm-hmm. which typically mm-hmm. is how we mm-hmm. we um, judge people is on, 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 mm-hmm. how, on what, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that's a good point too, is to introduce the other side or the other end of the spectrum. If you're not high on the scores of these mental toughness elements, what are you then? And uh, and this is where it, this this other end of the spectrum is that is the mentally sensitive end. Mm. And let me and this is where you know most high performers are going to want to see themselves at that high end. But you know if I can just share what does it mean to be mentally sensitive? What this is is that you mentally sensitive people have that uh, like high levels of emotional intelligence. They have that innate sense to pick up overload or when people are pushing too hard or too fast. They're the creative ones. This is where we bring diversity into the team. This is where you've got that that caring, heart-centered view of the world. And so not everybody is going to be geared up to improve their mental toughness scores. What we want to do is create that awareness so if and when required, you can dial up or dial down Mm the mental sensitivity, mental toughness spectrum. And I think this is the adaptability and flexibility that all leadership consultants are talking about. And that's, a, days, I, I, that's key. To be able to play both ends. Yeah. So, Leah, I think this is a great place for us to, to take a break now. We'll be back in about 10 minutes' time and we'll continue talking about where I sat with mental toughness and what that actually means to bring it into to perspective for people because you touched on it now. Just because you don't rate high on the mental toughness, you bring another dynamic yeah. and you bring a level of awareness to a situation. Um, and I'd like to share that with our listeners when we come back in about 10 minutes. Does that sound good? Yep. Excellent. Fantastic. Beautiful. Okay, you're listening to a live 90.5. This is a power-up show with Beer and Paul. Uh, Paul, now before you, oh Leah, sorry, I keep on forgetting to turn you up. <laughs> Thanks for hanging around. <laughs> Thank Paul, you for having me back. <laughs> Paul, before we start, we've had these conversations about mental toughness and what we wanted mm. to talk to you, well, talk to our listeners about, but specifically you because you know me, mm. is where would you put me in a mental toughness scale, knowing who I am and what I do? What would you say my mental toughness level sh- in your mind would rate? And what range are we looking at there? One to ten. Um, uh, well, I might start with twenty-seven, but no, <laughs> um, no. I think uh, I my guess would be eight. <laughs> what do you think, Leah? Was he close? <laughs> Eight in all four categories, Paul. Oh, I'm thinking of average. Just an overall, he's yeah, going just, with I'm an eight. Yeah, I'm going for an average of eight. All right. 
Well, before we go there, why don't I just give a little bit of what the mental toughness analysis is? Because you actually can do a uh, an assessment to score yourselves in the, each of these mm. categories, and then it calculates an overarching mental toughness score. Yes, that sounds excellent. Yes, so it is a, an online assessment of a, I think it's about seventy questions in, and it covers the four C's: commitment, control, challenge, and confidence. And then it gives you number a number report on a, z- a zero to ten on each of those capabilities and the subcategories. And it also gives you a narrative around what that actually looks like in terms of behaviours. Mm-hmm. So that's what what you what um, you participated in. Mentia. Yes, correct. So Paul reckons, knowing me and what I do and what I achieve, he reckons I was sitting at, a, at an eight, Leah, for overall mental toughness. So I think it's it's at this point that we should probably you and I spoke about it earlier, Leah, where we said think about a high level professional, Paul, um, sports person. Uh, who's your best cricketer? Who you idolise and think is just amazing. Oh, sorry, is that a question to me? Yeah. Um, best cricketer who I idolise and thinks Oh, jeez, for uh, somebody who talks a lot about crickets, Leo, um, he doesn't have a clue. Uh, no, no, I'm thinking... Um, five, four, Paul, three, five seconds. Two, one, done. Joss Butler. Who? Joss Butler. Okay, Joyce Butler. Joss, Joyce Butler, Joss Butler. <laughs> Joyce Butler. All did, right. you, did you watch the World Cup? No, but we're going to move you quickly past Cup. what you're talking here. Um, so the interesting thing with professional athletes is that they didn't start with mental toughness. Can we all mm. agree on that, Leah? That's not where they started. It was a conscious decision at the beginning of their career somewhere along the line to start changing their thinking and their thought patterns. So it was something that they developed over many, many years. I mean, some would argue it would have been, what, 10, 15 years, Leah? Look, I think with with, um, sport, and I think this is the parallel with sport and with leadership, is that there's got to be an element of innate desire, Mm. Right, somebody, and that innate desire then is is they start off as a child, that, and there's there's usually a talent that they're actually quite good at it that then builds that confidence and starts that that possibility thinking of maybe what if, mm. yeah, and it's same with leadership. They have to want to be a leader. They've got to want that that sense of responsibility Correct. and and to, to do that role. And then you start putting in the, the steps in place, don't you? But every step you put in place, you're probably going to fall over and you've got to make that conscious decision to pick yourself back up again and take the next step forward. Well, and this is why you look at those um, high-level sports people. They don't just have their cricket coach. They have mindset coaches. They have you know, podiatrists, they have physiotherapists, they've got specialists to help them perform at their best in every aspect Correct, yeah. of their, their wholeness. And, uh, and so this is what's missing in the business world, yeah. isn't it? And it should be noted that the mental toughness formula was designed originally for sports people. It was saying what is making them perform at such a high level and how can we bring this into the business world and this is why I was saying let's look at one, at a sports person so when you look at someone like me and you go knowing everything you know about me and go you're an eight when you put me next to your top cricketer I'm, do I look you, like an eight? You should, you should, well, you should be rugby actually but anyway <laughs> um, uh, maybe not 
Correct. Well, and also, on that point, though, Mia, it's going to be contextual as well. That cricketer, I bet he is an eight or a nine on the field mm. on a good day. Yeah. But I, when he goes home at night... <laughs> he's probably crashing. <laughs> is the, 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 the boss You know what I mean? Like, you see yeah. a lot of that. It's the contextual mm. arena that we need to look at as well. And so, and this is why I think when we do assessments like this, I don't know about you, but I often will get the test back and it's like, oh, I knew that. Oh, there's no surprises there. Oh, what did I spend my money on? No, I did not get that. <laughs> nope. So let's see what Paul's face looks like when we share what my overall mental toughness score was, Paul. So you reckon it was an eight? And Leah's laughing because when Leah got my test, she goes, what the hell? Who's this person? Is that what you said? Well, I thought, oh, did she get the answers the wrong way round? You know? Yeah, that's what I honestly thought. So, Paul, my mental toughness overall score is a three. I'm silenced. <laughs> Just pick that chin up off yeah. your floor. Yeah, no, he's you, you, a bit you, it's, well, it's radio, but you guess you guess right. He's, he's a bit shocked, and I was shocked too. Exactly what Leah said. I actually mm. said to her, "I filled it in wrong. This is wrong. Yeah. This is and not I me." And I thought you filled it in wrong. I rang my coach and I said, "I yeah. think she needs to do this again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. That's exactly right. We, wow. I said, I'd filled it in wrong. Yeah. But when I sat down with Leah and we started going through the mental toughness assessment as is mm. and said, hang on, let's assume you filled this in correctly. Let's go into a little bit of detail. Yeah. A number of things did come up. Yeah. Um, and it was very interesting because while I portray that level of mental toughness or what we perceive mental toughness to be, what I'm actually doing is putting out fires. Would that be the right thing to say, Leah? Look, and this is this is entirely the this is the the, the I guess the gold that comes out is that you get to see that. I don't know if you're putting out mm. fires, but yeah. you do. Yeah, and yeah. that's what came I, out I of the cannot, conversation. I am no, not in any position to judge, mm. like like if you're putting out fires or whether you're performing, you know, within um, a high level of, you know, control, confidence, mm. challenge and, and, and commitment, right? We can never know what's truly going on mm. inside another human no. being. But yeah. this, is, this is power to the richness and the mm. depth and the breadth of the 3,000, you know, plus um, people who have gone through this assessment, the 80 plus you know, academic peer review papers that have been published mm. that that gives us such a rich, um, like the, the way the questions are framed, the way the assessment is, we, we actually can create get value out of this test. Correct, 100%. And that was some of the things that we picked up in our discussions is that mm. I'm putting out fires. So when you're seeing me as this mentally tough individual, what you're actually seeing is the fact that I've got too many balls in the air. I've got a couple of analogies going here, but I've got too many balls in the air. Mm. So what you're seeing is that I'm putting out fires yep. of all of these balls. So you're only seeing the top end of it. Yeah, okay. But what you're not seeing is the bottom end, and that is that I'm over committing myself. So by over committing myself, what I'm doing is I'm forever putting out these fires. Yeah, okay. Yes. And then what what what's the need that's not being met underneath that mirror? You know? And this comes back to what's going on on the inside mm. for you around your sense of um, like like that inner world confidence. Correct. You know what I mean? It, and this is what we then see in the world. Sometimes we're overcompensating. Some, you know, sometimes we're, 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 we're in, going in all directions because 
you know, that's we're, we're, we're taking validation from our activity in that in the outside world. Correct. And so this is why it is like, it's like any tool will do, you know, in some senses, but it's the practitioner and it's the quality of the conversation you have with your consultant that mm. actually opens up new doors of possibility and makes this valuable. Leah, we, we need to finish up because we're getting to the hour now, but I want to yeah. end it to tell you, and I haven't told you this, uh, I've wanted to save it for this conversation because I feel like I need to share it with everybody. We had this conversation around my report. Yes. It raised that, that attention that I've overcommitted and your discussion, you know, the discussion you and I had was to raid myself in and focus on three things and do them really well and I wanted to let you know that my income over the last month since you and I spoke and I did exactly that based on the mental toughness report increased by 27% that was my income and all it was was saying to me you think you're performing at that level but you're not Mm. and there's nothing wrong with not performing at that level but because you're perceiving that. It just goes to show yeah. the value of the, yeah. what you've done. Yeah, 27% increase in income. And all I've done is I've become more laser-focused on three things and three things only. And if you look at my diary now, there's only three things I've invested my time in and I will not invest my time in other things anymore. Well, hats off to you. Hats yeah, off to you, that mental action. toughness. That makes sense to some of the things you said to me as well in terms of like um, colour-coded diaries and uh, yeah. focusing on this and that. Yeah, so, correct, yeah, yeah. correct. Well, because this, this then really does highlight the uh, last statement I wanted to, to make, and that is the myth that you cannot set goals for soft skills soft skills, that is absolute hogwash, right? Because when we're talking mental toughness, these are absolutely soft skills. Mm. Look at the hardcore outcome you have Mm. created in a short period of time because you took that soft skill information, converted it into, okay, how do I make this work for me to improve my outcomes in my business because that's my number one priority and you've done that. So hats off to you, Mia. Mm, thank you. So uh, we've got to finish off now. And uh, I believe that, is it Doug Strakowski? Am I getting that wrong, Rats? Yes, yes Doug Strakarczyk. He is, uh, again, the... Um, the behavioural economist brain behind the mental toughness model. He's going to be in Australia, in Sydney, doing a workshop on the 27th of September. So if people want information uh, for that, then certainly, you know, I can leave the details with you, Mia, at the radio station. And then also Mm. they could email me at info at zaxis.com.au. So that's Z-E-D-A-X-I-S. Dot com dot au and we can get uh, get them in the door because that will be again a very application driven outcomes based discussion around how do we help our leaders perform at high levels at, in a in sustainable ways and do leadership and do business better. Beautiful. Leah, thank you so much. It has been such a thrill to go through this mental toughness exercise with you and to share it with all of our listeners. Uh, And we do have all the podcasts up on the website. So if you've missed out on any of it, you'll be able to grab it on the website. Leah, thank you once again for, for being with us through this journey. Thank you, Leah. And we've run out of time. We wanted to say hello to Raj, but we've run out of time. So what we're going to do is the Power Up Show is signing off for the day. We will catch up with you next week. And coming up very soon is Raj.